You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm David Ignatius, a columnist at The Post. Our guest today is Irina Benediktova, who is the prosecutor general of Ukraine uh, and who is going to join us to discuss the war in Ukraine and her work investigating suspected war crimes committed by the Russian military and government in the invasion of Ukraine. Madam Prosecutor General, welcome. Good afternoon. Thank you very much, dear David, that you are having me on your platform. I am very appreciated. Uh, Madam Venetikova, let me begin with today's news about the uh, verdict convicting uh, the uh, Russian sergeant in Ukraine's first war crimes case, Sergeant Vadim Shishmaran, 21 years old, was convicted of shooting a 62-year-old Ukrainian civilian in the northern town of of Sumy. Uh, He had pleaded guilty. He's been sentenced to life in prison. Let me ask you, as Prosecutor General, are you satisfied with this verdict and the sentence? And what message does it send to Ukrainians and to Russians too? Before the answer, I can give very short answer, but actually for me, very important your platform to speak about current situation in Ukraine. Uh, we have today first sentence, yes, first court decision, verdict about the, our suspect uh, whom we started to prosecute guilty. And uh, is it enough or are we satisfied or not? Actually, for this day, we have more than 13,000 cases, only about war crimes. It means that we investigate cases about killing civilians, raping them, torturing them in Kyiv region, in Sumy region, in Chernihiv region, in all territories which are under attack, under shelling, under occupation. Uh, this process for me, as a prosecutor general of Ukraine, it's a first result of our everyday job. We have huge number of these investigations, and unfortunately, every day we have extra 100, 200, 300 cases. It's a huge number. For us, it is start uh, of common process of justice. Because actually, when we start to prosecute war criminals, for today we have uh, uh, suspects in war crimes more than 50 persons. And in our main anchor case about crime of aggression, more than 600 persons. And such trials, which are absolutely objective, which are open for all people, for all journalists from all a part of the planet. It means that we all, uh, we do everything open under rule of law and such proceedings can save a life of other civilians who are now under occupation, who are now under attack, under shelling and so on. I think that it's good possibility for Russian soldiers, for Russian commanders to understand that if they decided to do such atrocities, to kill, to rape, to loot, to torture, we will find everyone. 
early or late, but we will identify all of yours. We start to prosecute and you will, will be responsible for all your atrocities. So that's a powerful statement of the deterrent effect, uh, I hope, of the prosecutions uh, that uh, begin really today with the conviction of Sergeant uh, Shishamaran. I want to ask you, uh, Madam Prosecutor General, about the defense that he made. He said, as officers and soldiers so often do in war, they were just following orders that he was told to shoot this civilian. And then his lawyer said something additional, which I found very interesting, which was that soldiers like Sergeant Shishamaran simply weren't prepared for this conflict. They didn't know that they would be invading Ukraine. They weren't ready. What do you make of these arguments in defense? Uh, and, and how are you going to react to them in other prosecutions? Uh, we try to do everything open, uh, as more open from first uh, days of investigations as is possible. For example, today in Kyiv region, we have team of prosecutor of International Criminal Court. In Kharkiv region, we have team of our part of joint investigation team from Lithuania. Uh, we have French experts in Bucha and Kyiv regions. It means that we uh, do our job honestly. I want to be professional. I don't uh, give you emotion, any emotion here. That's why uh, we uh, understand that you saw this um, soldier, Shishimarin, but actually he has um, a head of um, tank division and he is very young, 21st years old. But from other side, but from other side, he uh, have done this shoot very cold. And when other commanders told them shoot, he shoot it. And uh, we understand that such uh, people, such militaries, we have on the Ukrainian led a lot. Of. Yes, uh, from one side, they actually just execute the commander. But from other side, we see that, and uh, several days ago, we started to prosecute other person who is a commander and who gave the order to kill civilian in uh, Bucha. It is um, one of the suspects from this 64th motorized brigade, which uh, Putin honored as a guardian. And we see that from one side, yes, they gave order to kill and they um, executed these orders. They killed civilians. But from other side, Russian militaries do these uh, atrocities because they just want to do it. They killed Ukrainian people because they just were Ukrainians. And they killed people because they, they just did not like them. We have huge number of such cases. And uh, of course, uh, we should uh, speak about common responsibility. Common responsibility, not only people who shoot it, who gave commanders, but and other person in top level of military sphere who knew about this, uh, maybe who have done order to do this, but from other side, all of them 
did not do anything to stop atrocities in, in Ukraine. It means that they all are responsible for these crimes. I want to get to all of the issues that you mentioned, uh, but, but I, I want to ask uh, uh, first, there were reports several weeks ago that Russian prisoners of war might be traded for some of the Ukrainian soldiers who had been fighting uh, and finally had surrendered at uh, Azovstal steel plant in Mariupol. What's your view as prosecutor general about whether it's appropriate to trade prisoners of war for people who actually are charged with war crimes? Are you comfortable with that? Uh, actually, I can speak only about, uh, only in the framework of my mandate, of course, only in the framework of my competence. And what we see, of course, not all prisoners of war are war criminals. In our um, meaning as a prosecutors, most of them are just combatants. They, yes, they came to Ukrainian land to kill uh, civilians and to do their military goals. But in the mention of, uh, in the framework of criminal court, they are combatants. That's why for us very important to have all evidences, to find all people, to correct, identify them and have all evidences that only a specific person uh, have done atrocities, have done war crimes on the territory of Ukraine. We understand the methodology. We, again, unfortunately, experienced person. We have the war in Ukraine uh, from 2014. That's why we understand how to investigate uh, war crimes, uh, against sexual um, crimes uh, uh, on the occupied territory. Uh, when the conflict is still going on. It's very difficult. We understand all our challenges. We understand all procedural difficulties in this, and we are ready for this. We are absolutely ready. I don't um, uh, uh, speak about details which are not covered my competence, because it's more maybe in the military sphere or politician sphere, in diplomatic sphere. That's why I prefer to be only on the stage of prosecutorial job. So uh, you mentioned the enormous number of cases that you're now investigating. I, I wrote down the number 13,000, but it's a very large number. I wanna ask you about several of the most difficult areas for you as prosecutor general. First, I wanna ask about the question of sexual assault. There have been repeated reports uh, of sexual assault by Russian soldiers against Ukrainian civilians. How are you proceeding uh, to investigate and prosecute those cases? Well, we have a huge number of facts. Uh, again, uh, everything what we have about sexual violence and sexual crimes, it's, uh, you know, absolutely specific, um, we have absolutely specific investigation process. Uh, we speak about victims, about their rights, about their um, safety. And um, when we investigate uh, such uh, crimes, for, for today we have uh, two suspects whom we started to prosecute in sexual um, uh, crimes. Uh, what uh, what the difficulties? You should understand me. 
At first, victims, they are under huge stress. Even that people who now live uh, on the territory which are under occupation, they are scared to speak with uh, law enforcement agency. I just uh, won't tell you their words. We are scared because maybe Russians come back and they kill all of us. People are in shock. And it is not only women, unfortunately. It is men, children, and even uh, elderly women. That's why uh, this is first difficulties to, uh, to do safety conditions for our victims. Victims who are now um, uh, transferred to the more safety regions, it is Western part of Ukraine or even abroad, they are still are not ready to speak with us because they are in stress. We all understand that um, for such crimes, we need to uh, stop the war. We need to stop uh, this situation when they are still waiting for the uh, perpetrators. Uh, then we, we, as uh, Ukrainian authorities, we should create safe conditions for these victims. And after that, we will, we will see a huge number of victims who will be ready to speak with law enforcement agencies. We should protect these people, protect their civilian rights, and to do everything that they should be not under stress. Uh, again, if we come back to our um, situation in 2014, it was the same situation, only in the less uh, maybe scale, you know, because we had uh, victims who were raped on their territories. Again, uh, when we speak about um, raping uh, in the international military conflict, it is not ordinary raping, it is war crimes. War crimes don't have um, terms. It means that it will be very difficult for us to investigate, but we will have huge um, uh, time for investigations properly and correctly. For us, very important for today, people who, who are victims and their conditions, their um, safety, their um, life and life of uh, their family. That's why it's a very, very sensitive sphere of investigation. Thank you for speaking about it. I want to turn now to the horror that the world saw through the photographs and video uh, that, that happened in, in the town of Bucha near Kiev. You mentioned earlier that you have identified the 64th Brigade uh, of the Russian military. Uh, and I read that you uh, have already identified 10 soldiers, 10 individual Russian soldiers from that unit and accused them of war crimes. Could you talk about the effort to prosecute those who were responsible for the killings in Bucha that the world has watched with such shock? If we speak about Bucha, for today we started to prosecute 17 people, but if we speak concrete about this uh, 46th Brigade, uh, we have these 10 soldiers who tortured people, and from other side uh, we started to prosecute several days ago 
the person who is commander and who gave the order kill civilians. For uh, these investigations uh, are still in the process. We are not ready to go uh, to go to the court now. Uh, that's why I maybe I don't uh, give you a lot of details. When the case will be in the court, we, we can speak about this more in detail. But if we speak about this last um, example about this commander who gave uh, the orders to kill, actually it's very. Uh, terrible situation when he told kill and the, his soldiers shoot at people. For example, one uh, injured man, injured by his soldiers, was burned in his house after his uh, soldiers uh, shoot from the tank. Uh, and such um, a terrible situation. Uh, we we had a lot of examples of such situations. So, uh, with the greatest uh, respect for the suffering of the Ukrainian people, the terrible crimes that you're investigating, I want to ask you about uh, uh, what you're doing as Prosecutor General about possible uh, crimes by Ukrainian soldiers. The UN Human Rights Commission in March said it, it was reviewing 45 cases of ill treatment. Uh, these are not uh, on the scale of, of what we're talking about in Bucha, but there are other examples. The New York Times and the BBC have confirmed a video showing the execution of a Russian prisoner by a Ukrainian soldier. My question is, what will uh, you as Prosecutor General, what will Ukraine do if you find examples of conduct like this by your own forces? We start uh, to investigate. David, it's very fair and very objective question and I'm ready to answer them. All facts which we uh, hear about them, see them in the mass media, we start to investigate. And we will be ready to answer all questions when our investigations will be finished. But again, now we are here in Ukraine. We should do our job as investigators and prosecutors properly and professionally. But again, we are still in war. Our prosecutors are still working from bomb shelling. Our prosecutors and investigators are still under um, um, bullet from aggressor. It means that we uh, do our job properly, but when we will be ready to go with uh, concrete specific results, the war should be stopped. And after that, we will answer all questions. Thank you for your answer. We have a, a question from one of our viewers uh, on, on Twitter which is an important one, I want to ask ask you. Uh, uh, Julia uh, asks, will Ukraine be asking the International Court, the International Criminal Court, I assume that means, to charge Vladimir Putin with war crimes? Dear Julia, thank you very much for this question. Of course, we all understand, and I saw you say that, thank you very much, who is the main war criminal of the 21st century. Who is not responsible for Chechnya? Who is not responsible for Georgia? Who is not responsible for 
Syria. And now he took part of Ukraine in 2014, uh, part of Donbass, uh, Crimea, and decided that he uh, could be immunity and he uh, could be unpunished all his life. Of course, Ukraine collect all evidences to start to prosecute all war criminals. Um, if we speak about International Criminal Court, uh, prosecutor of International Criminal Court, absolutely independent. He is now, can have possibilities here on the ground. His team now in the Ukraine on the ground in Kyiv region, they do their job. And I, of course, can say what I prefer they to do because they are absolutely independent. And I can't uh, give uh, them any advice. As a prosecutor, I respect independence of, of, of everyone of us. But from other side, for me, very important when we speak about war crimes, when we speak about crimes against humanity, to find the main person who is responsible. And of course, when we speak about crime of aggression, it is competence of ICC, but unfortunately they can do it with our situation because uh, no Ukraine, neither Russian Federation, we didn't ratify Rome Institute. Uh, crime of aggression is very important to punish for this aggression too. And fourth, uh, crime about which we can start to speak, it is genocide. We started to investigate genocide from first days of war. Now we have two suspects in, uh, in the sphere of calling to genocide. But again, we don't have access to Mariupol. We don't have access to other occupied territories where we can find evidences of qualifications, characters of genocide. For example, departing children. Departing children, for, uh, when um, actually we can prove this situation, it will be genocide of Ukrainian um, in, in Ukraine against Ukrainian people. So, Madam Benediktova, I want to thank you for uh, your uh, conversation, your very frank and painful uh, discussion of the war crimes that your country's experienced. Thank you for coming uh, on our, our program and sharing this with our readers in America and, and around the world. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. For me, very important to speak about this because Ukrainians don't have option to lose. We should win. We should protect our Ukrainian citizens. We should protect our children. Who You know, now we have more than 200 dead children and we should protect all values, values of free people. Thank you that you give us possibilities to speak about this. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.